Hi guys, welcome into Rolling with Rugby League. I'm your host, Ryan Manx, and I'm excited about episode number two of Rolling with Rugby League. So, without further ado, let's get Rolling with Rugby League episode two started. Let's get that rugby rolling. Alright guys, so welcome into Rolling with Rugby League episode two. Again, I'm your host, Ryan Manx, and I just want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this journey with you guys, allowing me to be on this journey, because without your support, I'm nothing. Uh, this week has been exciting for this podcast. We are now on Breaker, uh, Pocket Cast, Radio Cast, and Spotify. Uh, still waiting on Google, still waiting on Apple and a couple of others to accept us, but uh, as the platform grows, it is getting very exciting that uh, we are now on four major streaming sites and hopefully more by the end of this next week and episode three. Um, so, without further ado, let's get into our News of the Week segment. Probably my favorite segment in the entire podcast, News of the Week, because I get to tell you guys the news and then I'm going to tell you what I think of it. So our first major news story came out uh, Wednesday, June the 10th, uh, just shortly after the first episode dropped, um, and it was too late to record this into the news of the week last week. But uh, Benji Marshall, uh, the New Zealand Rugby International, and he plays, of course, for West Tigers, uh, broke social distancing protocols set in place by the NRL this week. And um, unfortunately, he kissed a reporter on the cheek uh, as he was arriving at St. Luke's for training in Sydney. Um, and he has, of course, he was already dropped, but he was uh, quarantined. He has been quarantined for 24 hours. Um, I do not know of any updates uh, to this story, but um, I'm assuming that we'll know in a couple of days whether or not Benji Marshall has COVID-19. And... Uh, whether or not the reporter has COVID-19. Uh, Michelle Bishop, she works for the Seven Network uh, in Australia, and she went off to get tested for COVID-19 because he kissed her. Now, I told you that I was not only going to report the news, I was going to give you my opinion. And you can tell by my uh, voice what I think of this. Um, to be quite honest with you guys, I'm going to preface this first. I do not want... Anybody to believe that I don't take COVID-19 seriously because I do. I think that if you get it, that it's bad. And it, it has been bad for a lot of people. A lot of people have had it. Uh, I know p p people personally that have had COVID-19. Um, they've recovered, thank God. My family has not had COVID-19. I've not had COVID-19. And um, I, I'm very blessed because of that. But I know that people have, and it's not the most fun thing to have in the world. Um, but on the flip side of that, the protocols that are in place are to protect us. Benji Marshall broke those protocols. He should be punished. And, you know, move on with it. But, let me tell you, and this is a big, big, big but. 
We're not talking about sexual harassment. We're not talking about indecent exposure. We're not talking about any of those things. We're talking about he broke the he broke the social distancing protocols. You know, Benji Marshall was doing what he normally does. He 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 he, he seems like a pretty good bloke. Most of the time, I really do like Benji Marshall. I think he's a great rugby league player, especially in the NRL. And um, we all, like Michelle Bishop said, we all do get caught up in the moment. We all do tend to um, forget that we are living in a new, a new world, uh, so to speak. I do hope that we do get back to the old normal because uh, this new normal does kind of suck. I'm just gonna just gonna put that out there. But we are living in a new world right now, and um, he he should have he should have thought before he kissed her on the cheek. Be quite honest with you. And I mean, my concern though is not we're not talking about the the sexual harassment. Did, she didn't ask for the kiss. She didn't say, "Hey, kiss me, Benji." No, she. You know, he, he, he did, he broke that, he broke that trust with her. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm more concerned about that aspect of this story than I am the COVID-19 social distancing protocols. Um, and uh, in my opinion, Benji Marshall should have known better. He really should have. And, um, you know, this, this kind of relates to the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs story that ran uh, earlier in the week or last week, excuse me, uh, where they were suspended uh, $17,500, or suspended fine of $17,500 after a former player visited the training and shook hands with the members. You know, I understand the NRL wants to be as safe as possible. Um, there are th- certain things, I think, though, that you can control, and there's certain things that you can't control. And kissing somebody on the cheek uh, it's something that you can control because you need to have self-control when you're walking into a, a building where you're about to go play the greatest sport in the world. And um, honestly, Benji Marshall broke that. So the NRL took action and um, all the power to them. I just hope that they would address the sexual harassment side of this as well. Um, moving on from the Benji Marshall story, we are getting straight into <laughs> we're getting into our next top story and our next top story comes from the rugby league world cup they announced this week that anfield uh in liverpool and uh the uh, mns bank arena in st helens we're going to be hosting major rugby league world cup matches next october and november in the rugby league world cup uh, so that is about 18 months away now, about 18 months away. So, I mean, I think this pandemic is going to be fine uh, by then. And I think that we'll be able to get back to having normal rugby league matches with fans in attendance uh, at, the rugby world, at the Rugby League World Cup next year in, in England. Um, but um, Anfield will be hosting uh, several vital matches next year. Uh, one of those matches is a men's quarterfinal match. Uh, so that'll be exciting. Uh, it'll also host the opening uh, match and the opening ceremony for the women's tournament, uh, which is going to be kind of exciting because 
The Rugby League World Cup is not only going to be having a men's tournament and a women's tournament next year, they're going to be having a wheelchair uh, competition as well, and all three of those tournaments will be held at the same time together. Um, and MS Bank Arena in St. Helens is going to be hosting the wheelchair grand final. So that'll be exciting. Um, there are 21 venues that have been named uh, throughout England that will be hosting the three tournaments. Uh, there will be eight teams uh, in the women's championship and eight teams in the wheelchair championship, while 16 teams will be in the men's tournament. I know that's an increase. I think that's an increase from 12, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 13 from the last Rugby League World Cup. It, it, it is definitely an increase. So uh, that's exciting. There will be 16 teams in the men's tournament this year uh, as composed to the last Rugby League World Cup, which I know there was less teams. Uh, Liverpool and St. Helens is also going to be host for Italy and Tonga. Uh, men's teams for the tournament. Um, Peter Moore, the CEO of uh, Liverpool, was very delighted to uh, have Anfield host such a prestigious event. And uh, who wouldn't want to host the Rugby League World Cup? It is the oldest of the two Rugby World Cups. Um, first played in 1954. So, uh, anyways, the Rugby League World Cup is getting, it's getting serious now. We're only 500 days away from the beginning of the Rugby League World Cup. And... Uh, 21 nations and 32 teams will be based in different locations throughout the country. Um, there is a full list of host towns and cities, and those are as follows. Bolton. Bolton will host France, the men's team. Doncaster will host Samoa, the, uh, the men's team. Hull will host Fiji, the men's team. Leeds will host Jamaica and Ireland, the men's team. They will also host England, Papua New Guinea, Brazil, and Canada in the Women's Championship. Uh, Liverpool and St. Helens will host Tonga and Italy, the men's teams. London will host England, the Wheelchair Kangaroos of Australia, uh, Norway and Spain. So all of those teams are wheelchair teams. Uh, Manchester will host the uh, Three Lions of England and the Kangaroos of Australia, uh, Newcastle will host the Scottish men's team. Uh, Preston will host Wales. Sheffield will host Greece. And a men's team. Uh, they will also host France, Wales, Scotland, and the USA wheelchair teams. Uh, Tees Valley will host uh, the Cook Island men's team. Warrington will host Papua New Guinea, the men's team. Wigan will host uh, Wigan and Lee will host Lebanon, the men's team. York will host the New Zealand Kiwis and will host Australia, New Zealand, France, and Cook Island women's teams. So, yeah, with 500 days to go in the Rugby League World Cup calendar before, before the Rugby League World Cup, that's what I should have said, uh, it's exciting, guys. It really is. Uh, those are your uh, sites, your training sites, your bases, where everybody's staying at. Uh, those were announced this week. I'm very excited that the Rugby League World Cup has finally given us a full list of uh, where everybody's going and where everybody's being hosted. So um, it's going to be a very good Rugby League World Cup. We're going to have the men's, the women's, and the wheelchair competition. Uh, you know, again, I, I've said this probably a billion times before, may not have, 
But uh, Rolling with Rugby League is not just uh, a cool uh, title. It also is very personal to me. I'm in a wheelchair. And um, so Wheelchair Rugby League is something that I absolutely love. And uh, to be on the same wavelength as the men's and women's Rugby League World Cups is quite special to me. I, I can't put it any other way. It's absolutely special. So I'm very thankful for everything going on. And hopefully we have a full Rugby League World Cup and fans are in attendance next year. Hopefully this pandemic doesn't last uh, that long and we do get some normalcy uh, next October. Probably one of the biggest news uh, stories that came out uh, this week was uh, the uh, signing of Joseph Swally to uh, South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, he signed for two million. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming that's Australian dollars. So two million Australian dollars, um, and um, he's 16 years old. I'm just going to let that sink in for a second. Joseph Swally is 16 years old, and he signed a two million dollar contract to play with, with to play with Souths. That just absolutely blows my absolute mind because I'm like, oh my gosh, Joseph Swally is now the youngest millionaire in rugby league history. He's the he's 16 years old. He can't play till next August, which means he's not only going to miss this season, he's going to miss next season, which means we're not going to get to see Joseph Swally for till like 2022. Because the uh, first grade players have to be 18 years old before they can even debut uh, in rugby league. And Joseph Swally is already a freaking millionaire. Uh, to be fair, I, I've heard uh, from several people that um, he could very well be the next Sonny Bill Williams. And yeah, Sonny Bill Williams was amazing. Uh, I, I don't know which Cody's playing now. I think he's, last time I checked, he was playing sevens. He may be back with the All Blacks. I, I don't know, but uh, Sonny Bill, if he's as good as Sonny Bill, then uh, he's going to be amazing. I've heard that he's also a bit, a bit of Greg Inglis, and we all know how wonderful Greg Inglis is at Souths. So um, very, very uh, excited to see this guy play, but we're not going to see him play for at least another at least another season, he won't be allowed to play till next August. So he might play uh, towards the tail end of next year. Uh, he may help Souths if Souths is in for a finals run, but uh, we shall see. They may wait to have him play uh, the following season. Um, he's supposed to be the replacement for Latrell Mitchell. As Latrell Mitchell gets older, uh, he can't play fullback forever. So. Um, Joseph Swally is expected to be the uh, replacement for Latrell Mitchell at Souths. Um, anyways, just a couple of really cool facts about Mr. Swally, Joseph Swally, is that uh, he is a cross-code phenomenon, so that means he's played rugby league, he's played rugby union, he's even played Aussie rules. 
uh, and he played basketball. He played for King's Schools 15 at 14 years of age. He played in a first 15 side. The son of a gun was 14, and he played at King's School on a first 15. That is absolutely impressive. He represented New South Wales uh, in sevens, and all, and he played in the under-18s uh, Australian 17, uh, sevens teams before his 16th birthday. So that's, that, that's absolutely amazing. Um, he's 197 centimeters tall, so he's, yeah. So that's 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 exciting. Um, he probably hasn't even finished growing yet if he's just sixteen. The Waratahs, uh, the in uh, Super Rugby, which is Rugby Union, uh, they offered him a contract, but he turned it down to play for South Sydney. And uh, I can't wait to see this bloke um, play. Just hearing things about him has made me want to watch this kid play. And I, I, I just, I'm just i excited about that. I'm really excited. Um, even though I'm not a Rabbitohs fan, I really do think he'll be a great addition in years to come for Souths. I wish the uh, new, Queen, uh, new Queensland, North Queensland had signed him, but uh, North Queensland didn't. Uh, he signed with Souths. Um... Anyways, that wraps up our news of the week segments, guys. Um, so let's move on to the review of the week and review uh, the games that have been played. Um, next week, episode three, I will review uh, the Bulldogs-Roosters game. That got postponed. Um, because Aiden Tolman was tested for COVID-19. They, they moved it. It was supposed to be played today um, and was uh, postponed because of a COVID-19 test. It did come back negative. He's fine, but uh, they, they did postpone it. So next week, you'll get uh, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs at Roosters game uh, review as well as all of the games from round six. Um, and I'll give you those uh, when I get to our preview of the week. But anyways, going into our review of the week, our first review was the game that opened up round five, played at Central Coast Stadium in Central Coast. Uh, it was against Manly and Brisbane, and oh boy, was this, this was, um, oh boy. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> um, so... Con, uh, Cotone Staggs opened up the scoring uh, in, the fi- in the fifth minute um, for Brisbane. And uh, then Xavier Coates uh, got hit, got the second try for the Broncos in the 15th minute. And Darius Boyd scored in the 29th minute. And uh, so it was uh, 18 to nothing. It was eight. It was 18 to nothing because Jermaine Azako uh had kicked all the conversions, um, and it was 18 to nothing, but Manly, oh my gosh, the dumpster fire that is Brisbane continues, but they fought hard, they fought hard, I'm going to have to give Brisbane credit where credit is due, because Brisbane fought extremely hard, Tavita Funa uh, scored in the 36th minute, so right before halftime, to uh, draw one back, 
and uh, Ruben Garrick uh, missed that conversion. So it was only 18 to four at halftime. Dotley Cherry Evans scored right after halftime in the 43rd minute, and Dotley Cherry Evans' uh, try was converted by Ruben Garrick. And so Ruben Garrick made it um, 18 to 10. Moses Sully uh, in the 54th minute got Manley's uh, third try, and Ruben Garrick slotted the conversion uh, over the posts. And so it was 18 to 16 with uh, about 24 minutes to go. And then, well, the floodgates opened. Two penalties cost uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Ruben Garrick kicked a penalty goal in the 64th minute, and he kicked a penalty goal in the 70th minute to give uh, Manley a 20-18 to win. I told you last week, I said, I think the Brisbane Broncos are going to come out of this one. They, they lost 59 to nothing. They lost 38-6. to They have had a very, very, very rough season, a very rough start to the season. I thought they were going to uh, come back and play harder this one. They did. Um, you know, all the power to Ruben Garrick. You know, Ruben Garrick should be the uh, the Dally M uh, points winner for for me. And if, and if I'm a voting member, I'm giving um, I'm giving Ruben Garrick uh, player of the game because let's just be honest, Ruben Garrick. Won that game in the in the seventieth minute, and uh, Brisbane didn't have any answer for that penalty goal. They 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 did really well in the first thirty minutes of the game, and then for the next fifty, they proceeded to muck it up. And um, anyways, the downward spiral from Brisbane continues. That is not good for Brisbane. They're going to have to get their act together. It wasn't much better for my Cowboys, but boy, was this a knockout fight in the second game of the week. Uh, this was the Friday match, so it was a Friday night football match, um, and the New Zealand Warriors took on the uh, North Queensland Cowboys. As everybody knows, I'm a North Queensland uh, member, and uh, boy, watching this game just really made me sad. But anyways, let's get into it. Um, Patrick Herbert opened the scoring in the eighth minute. Um, so it was it was six to nothing. And then Valentin Holmes answered in the 15th minute for the Cowboys. Uh, Kyle Felt then put the Cowboys up with uh, his first try and also a conversion. And then Elisa Katoa Answered right back in the 25th minute for New Zealand. Uh, uh, Peter uh, Hiku uh, answered again in the 35th minute for uh, New Zealand. Adam Pompey in the 45th minute for New Zealand. Justin O'Neill in the 41st minute for uh, the Cowboys. Peter Hiku got a hat trick. Uh, He scored in the 55th and the 64th minutes. Francis Molo for the Cowboys scored in the 48th minute, so right after halftime there. Looks like bang, bang uh, uh, tries in the 41st, the 45th, and the 48th. So that was a bit of a one-two punch almost there. And uh, Carl Lawton uh, ended the scoring for the Warriors 
in the 70th minute, but uh, the Cowboys were done and dusted by then because there was no way to come back, and Kyle Felt did get a, a consolation try in the 72nd minute. So, yeah. It was 17-12 to 12 at halftime. Very close game at halftime. Uh, and then the scoring and the floodgates opened up to be one of the best games of rugby league, I think, I have seen. Uh, this game was also at Central Coast Stadium in Central Coast. And um, the, uh, the, the Warriors won a game and they, they found their stride. There is a lot to be said about uh, finding your stride early on in the season. I said that last week. And uh, the Warriors found it. The Cowboys, and unfortunately for me, did not find it. And um, that was a bit sad, especially with uh, Easton Marshers going down in the 79th minute in the Sin Bin. Uh, you know, there was probably not much we could do at that point with about a minute to go in the game. But um, still yet. It was a very hard-fought game, very much of a slugfest, uh, that one, and uh, excited to see where the Warriors go from here. Will they uh, do what Gold Coast did and uh, put the tail between their legs, or will they continue uh, this run of good form? Then two heavyweights battled it out, and I thought this would also be a bit of a heavyweight title fight between uh, Parramatta and uh, Penrith. This was at Bank West Stadium in Sydney. And um, the Panthers were up. The Panthers were up most of this game. Uh, the Panthers scored in the 21st and 36th minute. Brian Toe and Josh Mansur scored both tries for the Panthers. And it looked like the Panthers were going to win this game. It just absolutely looked like Penrith was too much for Parramatta, and um, yeah, even I was like, oh my gosh, this is it, I, I said it, I thought that Parramatta was was not going to be as good as everybody thinks they are right now, and I was wrong, because Waka Blake, Clinton Gutherson, and Ryan Matt Matterson, they turned on the freaking Jets, in the 61st, 64th and 67th minute, so bang, bang, bang. Parramatta scores, and Penrith is like, what just happened? Because that was absolutely big. Mitchell Moses uh, got conversions in the 65th and the 68th minute. He missed one, so he missed the first one. And um, Dylan Brown got a sin bin. In the 79th minute, but at that point, the game was the game was indeed over. Parramatta improves to five and zero. They're still at the top of the ladder, and Penrith's undefeated season goes down the drains. They're not the only undefeated team to lose this week. So that was man. Oh my gosh, though, this game was back and forth. <laughs> it was a tale of two halves. It was the best of halves. It was the worst of halves. So Parramatta was, they came out of the gate struggling, man. Uh, you know, going down 10 nothing at halftime. I mean, you think, oh, well, that's not bad. And it really isn't. That, because obviously they came back, they scored three tries, and they won the game. But, yeah, it could have got a lot worse. 
for Parramatta if it, if they hadn't have uh, played as well as they did. Um. So, yeah, <laughs> what an interesting uh, run from Parramatta. They'll have a chance to go six and zero next week and uh, continue their great run of form towards perhaps a minor premiership. We shall see. Moving on, guys, <laughs> to <laughs> and I, I can't do this without laughing because I called out Justin Holbrook last week, as everybody knows. I called out Justin Holbrook and I said, Justin, if you want to be the head coach at Gold Coast, you're going to have to string together two perfect games in a row. You're just going to have to. You're going to have to prove to me that Gold Coast can, can win a game more than once in a season. And, um, yeah, they proceeded to uh, cock it up so badly. Honestly, you know, I was debating on whether to call the Benji Marshall story or this the cock-up of the week, but you got to give. The, the team award at least goes to the Gold Coast Titans for cocking it up so badly that uh, they're, they're an embarrassment. You know, Saint, even St. George won this week, and we're going to get to that. Okay, St. George, they beat the Sharks. So, uh you can't really call St. George a dumpster fire as badly as you could call uh, Gold Coast this week because Gold Coast won last week and then they proceeded to play the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Bankwest Stadium in Sydney. And yeah, it was not pretty. So Latrell Mitchell, the fullback, opened up the scoring in the third minute of the game. Uh, so they only played three minutes. And Gold Coast was already giving up tries. That was not good. And it was, it was going to be an omen of what was to come. Philip Sammy came back. He was the hero of last week's game for Gold Coast. Uh, he came back in the seventh minute and tied the game up with an Ashley Taylor conversion. But then it was all Souths. Alex Johnston, Dane Gagai, Braden Burns, and Dane Gagai again. Uh... Scoring the other tries, Alex Johnson in the 11th, Dane Gay Guy in the 16th, Braden Burns in the 23rd, and Dane Gay Guy again in the 75th minute. The only other try from Gold Coast Titans was in the 43rd minute from Bryce Cartwright, and uh, it was absolutely a travesty. It ended up being 32-12. to 12. That was your final score. Uh, Souths humiliate the Gold Coast Titans, and... Like I said last week in the first episode of this podcast, I really do believe that we could be here for another 364 days without Gold Coast getting a win. We, we really could. Um, that win against West, I thought, was a fluke. Uh, and this is why. They played South. They got trounced. And uh, the, rabbits just, the Rabbits just ran all over Gold Coast. Watching this game was just like Gold Coast... How? How can you be so terrible? But um, anyways, Latrell Mitchell uh, getting that opening try really, really hurt Gold Coast. But again, here, if I'm, if I'm voting for the Dally M, I'm giving those points to Dane Gay Guy. I mean, two tries, honestly. <laughs> that Honestly, he's the best player on the field in that game. So the Dally M points go to Dane Gay Guy, in my opinion. Then, possibly what I thought could be game of the week, possibly game of the week, was uh, the Melbourne Storm and the Newcastle Knights. And I told you a minute ago that uh, I didn't 
uh, that it was there was only, I mean, there wasn't just one team that lost their undefeated streak. It was two. And uh, the Newcastle Knights also are now no longer undefeated. And it was really, it was just a dominant, a dominant performance by Melbourne. Um, in the third minute, you have Riley Jacks scoring the opening try. Sulavasi Vunivalu, uh, Tino uh, uh, scoring in the 24th. Tino Fasua Meleau, again, I'm not pronouncing these names correctly, and I know that, scored in the 34th minute. And yeah, it was 18 to nothing at halftime. It, oh, 18 to 2 at halftime, excuse me. It was 18 to 2 at halftime. And yeah, Kalen Ponga scored a penalty goal in the 40th minute, right before halftime. So it was 18 to 2. It was almost 18 to nothing at halftime. And to be fair, you know, the Knights made it interesting. In the 53rd and 60th minute, they scored two tries. Kalen Ponga missed one conversion. He got the other one. So it could have been it could have been a game. It could have really been a game. But uh, it was not meant to be uh, Melbourne walking all over the Newcastle Knights. And um, Newcastle's undefeated streak is no more. Melbourne continues their great run of form. Then we got into the one that I said last week, and I, I did say this, that I thought that Canterbury had to win this game against Wests if they wanted to be um, the, pre, uh, the premiers at the end of the season. And they proved me right. They took my advice, and they took my words to heart, and they said, you know what? We will beat the West Tigers, and uh, we will walk all over them. Even though it'll be a tight-fought game, we promise we will win this game. And, yeah, it was extremely close at halftime. Luke, Luke Brooks opens up the scoring uh, in the 16th minute. That was the only scoring uh, in the first half. It was 4 to nothing at halftime. And then uh, West Tigers, their stamina and their uh, everything else, it just it, it got the best of them. Their, their conditioning wore them out. And uh, Jake Whiten, Whiten, in the 49th minute, so right after halftime, scores the opening drive for the Raiders. Uh, Jared Cooker missed the conversion. Uh, no, he got the he got that conversion. He did, he did get that conversion. And uh, Nick Kotrick in the 54th minute got the second try. Jared Croker uh, converted that one as well. It was 12 to six at that point, and uh, or 12 to four at that point. Then Moses Mabai uh, got a penalty goal, and so it was 12 six. And then Jared Croker answered with one of his own in the 68th minute. And uh, yeah, the Canterbury Raiders. They won that game. Absolutely, absolutely astonishing. Uh, Canterbury uh, proving why they were everybody's pick to win the uh, premiership at the beginning of the season. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> and the final game that has been played at the time of this recording uh, was the St. George Illawarra Dragons and the Cronulla Sharks. And that was also in Campbelltown. Everybody's from Campbelltown this Campbelltown and Sid, uh, and uh, Central Coast this week, looks like. So, last week, and everybody knows this, Paul Gregor was retained by the board of directors at St. George. Um, but it's not been the easiest weeks for St. George. They lost Isaac Luke. Isaac Luke, uh, he quit on the team. He played, what, three games for him, And it was like, yeah... By Toodles. And um, Isaac Luke went up north to uh, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, cannot wait to see Isaac Luke up there in Brisbane. Uh, see how that will go. Uh, ben Hunt did play this game. I thought that he had been dropped from the, uh, from the list. But apparently he hadn't. And... Um, yeah, the St. George Illawarra Dragons win against uh, the Sharks, thirty to sixteen. Michaela uh, or Michael Ravala uh, Ravala uh, opened the scoring for the Dragons in the thirteenth minute. Mawain Hirodi in the sixth minute for the Sharks. Uh, Sion Kaatu uh, Katoa, excuse me, Sion Katoa in the twentieth minute. Uh, scored uh, that uh, their second, so it was two tries to one uh, in this game before Matthew Duffy in the twenty eighth minute uh, scored the second for the Dragons. Ben Hunt gets on the uh, scoring list with his try in the thirty ninth minute, so right before halftime, um, and the halftime score ended up being eighteen to ten. At halftime, Sean Johnson uh, only getting two of their three conversions for the Sharks. But, um, yeah, it was not pretty. Uh, Cameron McInnes came out and uh, got the Dragons their fourth try in the 62nd minute. And Michael Ravala, Ravalawa. In the 79th minute, top, uh, topped off the tries for the uh, St. George Illawarra Dragons. And that dumpster fire has been righted. I, I, I said Paul Gregor needed to right the ship. And he wrote, he he got the, stri- the, the ship pretty straight this week. Uh, the question is, will he get it two weeks in a row? We'll see. Gold Coast couldn't. Uh, St. George... Uh, did great. Very excited to see where this goes. And um, Paul McGregor was like, hey, my job's on the line, guys. Go out there and play. And for once, they actually did what he told them to do. That's weird because everybody everybody wants to leave uh, St. George right now, uh, especially now that Isaac Luke is gone. There's been some rumors that other players want to leave as well and will be granted their release. So... We'll see what happens, but Cronulla, Cronulla goes down, and um, it just goes to show, guys, that since winning the Premiership a few years back, they have just not been the same team they were, and uh, 
think there's a, I think there's a change coming in Cronulla. We'll see. We will see. <sighs> moving on, guys. Moving on. We are going to look at. We're, we're still gonna. We're still going to preview the Bulldogs Roosters game. Um, so you got um, James Tedesco, uh, Lachlan Lom, Mitchell Abison, and Satili Tuaponia uh, is going to be in for the Roosters. Out is Jared Hargreaves and Ryan Hall. And then, um, of course, the, uh, the Bulldogs. The ends are Brendan Wakeham, Christian Crichton, Jack Cogger, Morgan Harper, Ofahiki Ogden, and of course, Aiden Tolman, the man that caused this game to be uh, postponed uh, yesterday, uh, is out because of the COVID-19 uh, testing that he undertook. Carrot Holland is out, and Remus Smith is out. So that will be played uh, tomorrow at the time of this recording at Bank West Stadium in Sydney. So that's the last round five match, um, and that will be that game will be reviewed uh, next week. Uh, as far as round six games are concerned, you have the Knights and the Broncos, um, both coming off losses. So one of those teams is going to get a win. Um, the Rabbitohs and the Warriors, both teams coming off a win. So one of those teams is going to get a loss. Uh, the Melbourne Storm look to uh, continue their um, dominant run of form. They're playing Penrith. That could be very interesting. Penrith came out with a loss this week, but, you know, they could very well right the ship and uh, get a win against the Storm. We shall see. That will be very, very interesting. That, I think, is going to be game of the week. I think Penrith and Melbourne is going to be game of the week. That is going to be on the 19th, uh, Gold Coast and St. George. The two bottom-feeding clubs in the NRL go head-to-head against each other uh, on the 20th. Um, and the Cowboys and West Tigers, they're going to go up against each other. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. I think, again, North Queensland is going to have to win that game. Uh, the Roosters, uh, after they play uh, the Bulldogs tomorrow, they turn around and play the best team in the league right now, the Parramatta Ills. So uh, the reigning premiers against perhaps this year's premiers uh, going up against each other. That will be a slugfest. I'm calling it right now. That's going to be a slugfest. The Canterbury Raiders and the Manly Sea Eagles go against each other. And the Bulldogs and the Sharks round out the round six. So just a quick uh, cap of what I think is going to go on. I think that Brisbane is going to, uh, wow, I, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but I think that Brisbane is going to get that win against Newcastle. I think that Newcastle, um, Newcastle may not be as good as everybody says they are. I think that I think that Brisbane is going to get that win. They may, they may get that win. They were close this week against Manly. They had it won. <laughs> they had that game won. That was um, an absolute uh, shocker to see Manly come back and, and win that one. But uh, Brisbane had that game won, and they, they lost it. So good, strong play from uh, Brisbane this week. The Knights, not so much. That was a walkover for Melbourne uh, in that game. So, oh, man. 
16-12. I'm going to go 16-12 on a Broncos game. Um, I think Broncos win that one. As far as the Rabbitohs and the Warriors, I think that the Warriors have found their stride, but I also think that Souths uh, has, a, has a good chance of making the finals. And uh, this is going to be a close one. Let's go uh, 12-6. 12-6 South Sydney on that one. I think New Zealand loses that one by a try. Uh, Penrith and Melbourne, that could be... That could be a thirty-plus point game uh, for both teams. Uh, that could that could very well open up into a, a a slugfest. You could be looking at a score of like 37, 38, you know, thirty-four. You know, I'm not going to call that one. I think that, I think that was too close to call. But uh, if I was a betting man, I maybe would say Penrith. I, I think they're at home. I think they're the home team. So again, home field advantage doesn't count for much right now with these games being played behind closed doors. But uh, Penrith, I think Penrith, Penrith is going to win that one. And 38-34, uh, let's go with that. I'll tell you what, let's go, I'll, I'll call that one. I'll say 38-34, Penrith. Uh, Gold Coast and St. George. Do I really even need to say this? This is the dumpster fire of the week match. This is, which team is the worst dumpster fire? We will finally figure out which team is the worst team in the NRL. Is it Gold Coast or is it St. George? And uh, we're going to have to figure out in week six. Uh, as I said last week in the opening podcast, I, I did say that uh, these opening games are crucial in deciding whether you guys are going to have a season or not. And um, after Gold Coast had an amazing game against West, the emotion that was running high in that one, they hadn't won a game in 364 days. They, they win a game against West. They come out and they stink it up against Souths. Um, yeah, I think I think I think this is a tell of two clubs right now. I think Paul McGregor has gotten his team uh, somewhat level-headed. Somewhat, I'm not saying it completely. We'll, we'll, we'll figure that out this week. I think Paul McGregor has got his team level-headed. I think Justin Holbrook is still trying to figure out Gold Coast. So I'm going to say that St. George wins that match, and I'm going to say 24 to 12. I'm going to say 24 to 12. I think that the, uh, the Dragons played so well against the Sharks that I think that they're going to be uh, ready to right the ship even further and do good. West Tigers, they've lost two games in a row now. They're going to lose three. I think it'll be 18 to 6 that one. I think the Cowboys easily, easily beat West Tigers. And I think that uh, that losing streak the Cowboys are on uh, and the uh, mistakes they've been making are finally corrected. Then the reigning premiers at home against uh, the possible minor premiers at uh, 5-0. and Until they prove otherwise, I think Parramatta's going to win this one. I think Parramatta wins against the Roosters. If, for some reason, that game is the one where Parramatta loses the undefeated season... Uh, then it's a very good way to go down because South, uh, not South, uh, Sydney is um, the reigning premiers. They're the back. They're back to back defending uh, premiers, and uh, yeah, absolutely, that could be a very good game. And I think Souths, not South. Dang, I keep I keep saying South. They're not South. It's Sydney City for crying out loud. Uh, Sydney City, uh, the Sydney Roosters. Um, I think the Roosters have a chance to win three straight. 
if, if everything falls into place, I think the Roosters could possibly win three straight. It all depends on whether or not they uh, play good the rest of the season. The Canterbury Raiders and the Manly Sea Eagles. Well, if Manly gives their fans a heart attack like they did last week, this game is going to be good. Uh, the Canterbury Raiders did struggle uh, in some aspects. Not a whole lot, but they did, they did struggle against Wests. So maybe I'm not 100% uh, bought on them yet. Uh, and Manly, of course, coming off that uh, comeback win against Brisbane, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Ken Bear in this one. I think Ken Bear is gonna beat Manly, sixteen four, sixteen four, and then of course the Sharks and the Bulldogs. This game will all depend on how the Bulldogs play tomorrow against the Roosters. Um, you, you know they haven't even played their game this week yet, and uh, it could be very interesting. If the Bulldogs play well against the Roosters, then the Bulldogs will win this game. If the Bulldogs play badly then uh, the Sharks could pounce and uh, recover what happened to them by losing to St. George. Um, it'll all depend on how the Bulldogs play tomorrow. Uh, we know how the Sharks played this week, but a lot, of, a lot can change in a week. So um, we shall see. Anyways, guys, that is uh, the review of the week. That is the news of the week. That's the preview of the week. Now, before I end this podcast, guys, I just I want to give you guys my thoughts so far on this. Um, I'm gonna end up end with this story, or end up end up with this. Well, this piece here, guys. In the closing segment here, I just want to talk about. I'm excited about the NRL. Um, I think that they're gonna get what 500 fans into a game each week, which is going to be exciting. Um, with plans to move back to full uh, in August. I'm ready for the NRL to be back full with fans in the stands. It, 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 I've watched a few games of different sports in Australia, and it just feels weird with no fans in the stands. I've, I've watched uh, some footy. I've watched some... Rugby league, and it just feels weird without fans in the stands. And I'm hoping that the NRL moves quickly to get uh, fans back. But uh, as we move forward this week, guys, keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep that rugby rolling. Let's get that. Let's get that rugby rolling. That's the catchphrase around here. Let's get that rugby rolling. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. Thank you for. Uh, tuning in each week to uh, get news and uh, scores and previews for each game. And uh, just thank you all for being awesome. And as I said last week, peace out. <laughs>